The Perfect Technician Academy is a trade school with a focus on helping military service members find sustainable and lucrative careers in the HVAC industry. Coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. The Navy Federal Credit Union Platinum Card gives members a chance to reduce their credit card payments with a low intro APR on balance transfers. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. All right. Uh, we're, today we're talking with Dr. Thomas Mormon, who is provost and school director at Perfect Technician Academy. And what you guys are doing there is you're helping veterans find sustainable and lucrative careers in the HVAC industry. So, uh, Dr. Mormon, before we get to talking about um, some of the trades and what's going on in the HVAC industry these days, take us back and, and give us a little bit of uh, a little bit of your background. I, from talking with you before, you, you did not serve in the military yourself, but your, your father did and has a pretty interesting story and career. Absolutely. So uh, actually I was born on a military base overseas and, uh, uh, you know, I was raised basically on military bases all around the country. And uh, uh, my father actually was a World War II veteran. He's, he was in uh, Pensacola in flight school in 1941 when Pearl Harbor was bombed. And two weeks later, he was flying uh, out in the Pacific on a PBYs doing submarine search and seizure and down pilot pickups. Uh, he served from 1941 to 1975, so we lived through three different conflicts during that time. Uh, you know, he met my mom, who was uh, not a U.S. citizen; she was an international uh, foreign national, and so they were married. And uh, you know, that's part of where I grew up was uh, in that situation overseas initially, and then we moved back to the United States. And the funny thing is, my mom ended up serving for the with the Defense Department until she was 75 years old, working with uh, the Dodd School Program overseas. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, my, yeah. Uh, I have a niece that's in the Dodds school program over in Italy now. She's been doing it for many years, loves it. So, they've got, Yeah, they've she got started working for him when she was 50, and uh, she worked till she was 75 in the Dodds program in Germany primarily. Oh, no kidding. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. Well, talk a little bit about what your career's been like um, leading up to how you've how you eventually started running the Perfect Technician Academy. Sure. So I, I came from a, a military family with uh, – uh, a strong Catholic background. So there are a lot of kids in my family. My dad looked at me and I was the second son and uh, said, you know, Thomas, you have two choices in life. When you turn 18, you can join the military, or the priesthood, but you're on your own. <laughs> uh, and so uh, I took that message to heart. The reality is I, I had an eye injury when I was two and a half years old. And so I have no peripheral vision in one eye. Mm. And my father was a naval aviator. And I thought if I can't fly, the military's out. So I started looking at actually went to a seminary, studied to be a priest for a couple of years. And that's where I really learned and, and kind of changed. That was part of my high school curriculum. I was there for two years. There were seven Jesuit priests and 21 young men. And during that time, uh, I kind of learned about myself that uh, education is a direction that I want to go and something I, I really have a passion about. And I, I really started focusing on what I can do to get into higher education and to move forward. And so uh, I ended up getting a scholarship to go to the community college locally. I worked full time while I was going to school. Uh, transferred to Texas A&M University as a junior, finished two years there, and then went straight into a master's program in educational psychology, and later finished my doctoral degree in education. But I worked as a higher education professional in the state of Texas for 28 years so far, 
uh, primarily work for the state of Texas itself. And so recently retired from the state of Texas. Uh, I worked 25 years in medical education, and that was my focus was working with these uh, young people and helping them develop their careers. Uh, and during that time, I got to know the Hobson family that was starting this trade school in air conditioning. You think, how are those similar? Well, there's actually a lot of similarities between medicine and the trades. They're both essential services. They're both services that people need all the time, and there's always going to be a demand for. And that's one of the things when you start looking for employment, you want to look for something where there's always going to be a demand for that and something that's transferable. If you're an air conditioner repair person or if you're a, a physician, you can get a job anywhere in the United States and uh, many places internationally as well if you have that background and that training. So those are one of the things, being an essential service is an important thing to look at. But when I talked to the Hobson family, I said, there's one thing about trade schools. I, you know, They asked me to come in and help them start this up and get this going. And uh, I said, I'm willing to do it, but we're not going to do it how traditional trade schools are done. Because typically trade schools enroll as many students as they can, try to get as much money in the coffers as they can, graduate maybe 60%, and then place maybe 60% of those they graduate. Uh, I said, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it differently. We're going to focus on making a difference in people's lives. We're going to focus on making a difference for transitioning veterans. And we're going to try, we're, our focus is going to be 100% of the people we bring in. We're going to do everything we can to graduate them. And then 100% of the people we graduate, we're going to do everything we can to place them in a job so they can have a lucrative career. Uh, one of the reasons that this is very important to me is, like I said, my dad served from 1941 to 1975, went in, enlisted, came out as an officer, thought he had all these leadership skills and things. He would leave the military at 52 and go into industry and do well. My dad never worked again in a day in his life because he got so frustrated because no one would hire him. Uh, and he couldn't do, make that transition of the skills and the terminology from the military to civilian life, that those years after we left the military and moved off base, as a family, we struggled. There were a lot of issues that came up. And I said, anything we can do to help a veteran who's coming out of the military to make a smooth transition, not only do we do a service for that veteran, we do a service for their immediate family, their extended family, the community they live in, and our country. And so that's one of the reasons why I said, if we're going to do this, we want to do it the right way. That's awesome. And so what are some of the things that you guys are doing different at the, the Perfect Technician Academy that you might not see at your typical trade school? Absolutely. So many trade schools and many trades, you can go to a community college, get those trade, uh, learn those trades. Uh, you have other trade schools that are focused on just the certification itself. I said, evaluate everyone and find out what's right for you. But one of the things that we've done, we, we've taken the, the military model for training and uh, the person who actually developed our curriculum was a Marine and uh, still is a Marine, always a Marine, right? Uh, so uh, he's the one who developed the curriculum. He developed it after the military model of training. So it's a six-week intensive training program, six days a week, all immersion. I mean, it's full immersion into the HVAC industry. And so you're going to not only get your basic certifications that you need for EPA, but you're also going to learn all the things you need to do so that you can be an independent contractor driving a truck on your own. And uh, you may have to work for a contractor for years till you get your own contractor's license, but the reality is you can take this training and start your own business over time. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, um, my son went to welding school. He's been he's welded on the pipeline several different jobs in the last year. Yeah. I got a nephew that's uh, an HVAC guy. He's actually got a commercial HVAC union job now and does more, more HVAC work on the side than he does during the day job, <laughs> especially in the summer yeah. right now. 
And uh, then my other nephew is uh, a phenomenal carpenter and he, he builds houses, works for a company during the day and does a lot of things like building decks and stuff on the weekends. And they, they've got some, it's such a lucrative cash business and you know, the, the whole COVID-19 thing definitely brings up the whole, you know, a definition of, you know, what essential is. That's um, right. But it's a fact. Everyone's, people are always going to need plumbers, electricians, and HVAC guys. And what's interesting is a lot of kids these days don't want anything to do with any of those jobs. And you, can you back up some of the statistical stuff going on in the industry these days? Kind of like with, you know, being an airline pilot in, in the airline industry, we're, we've got massive, massive retirements going on in the next five to 10 years. And there's not as many kids wanting to go be pilots. And the military is training less and less all the time because the military is much smarter than it used to be. So you have all these baby boomers, these old, these older generation folks that are all retiring and, and timing out of these jobs, but yet you really don't have anybody coming in behind them to replace them. Yeah. So with the trades, a lot of people have a misconception that the trades are a minimum wage job and you're going to struggle to make a living, struggle to support your family. And, and yeah, if you're 18 or 19 coming into the trades, yeah, you may make a uh, uh, 13, 14, $15 an hour uh, as, as that new person coming in. But if you're coming in as a repair service technician or the people that we're training, uh, many times you're going to be working on commissions. You can be working commercial with a salary. You can be working uh, the, the Department of Labor Statistics says the average salary for an HVAC technician is about $22 to $24 an hour. Uh, the average salary is right about $48,000 a year in that range, and that's what the Department of Labor says. Now, that takes in everybody who's the basic technician to, uh, you know, some of the better technicians, yeah. but the reality is there's a lot of money to be made if you want to work hard, and one of the things we find is that those guys coming out of the military that transition to this field, tend to do tend to be the top performers in the field because uh, they have some inherent skills already. They understand respect, respecting the customer. They understand how to uh, leave a job site clean, secure, uh, you know, well done, do the job right the first time. Uh, there, there's so many pieces of that puzzle that the guys coming out of the military really do a great job. When you talk about statistics, the HVAC industry right now is one of the fastest growing industries in the United States as far as employment. It's growing about – Next few years, expect to grow 13, uh, percent, which is outpacing other industries. Wow. Um, the other thing is, is you know, uh, as people are staying at home with COVID, guess what? They're using a lot of their home essential services and those things, mm-hmm. and uh, they want to be comfortable. So people said during COVID, we had about a two-week period where things kind of shut down because people were a little worried about what this meant, what was happening. But after that two-week period, our technicians have been busier than they've ever been in any given year. Uh, and that's because everyone's at home, they're using those uh, services and they really want to be comfortable. And so the reality, the, the technicians that I've talked to, they're graduates of our program, just repeatedly tell me that they're busier than they've been in a normal year. So that's an exciting thing. It's great to be an essential service as well. And then there's one other piece of it that if you talk about statistics and data, and so I'm going to throw this out there is mm-hmm. what a lot of people don't realize is the cost effectiveness of trade school versus going to college. And, mm-hmm. and, I don't, I don't say don't go to college, but what I would tell people is if you go to college, have a plan what you're going to do with your degree. And just like you're going to go to a trade school, have a plan. Have a plan in place. That's the most important part of the conversation. Because if you go to college without a plan, you're going to go to school for four years, you're going to come out with an English degree, and you're going to be making about $45,000 a year selling copy machines or something of that nature. Okay? So the reality is, is that uh, an HVAC technician that comes out of our program 
is also making $47,000 a year. So if you take those two, you go to college for four years, how much debt do you accumulate in those four years? How many, how much living expenses do you spend? All that kind of stuff. You're probably going to spend and take in debt about a hundred thousand dollars during those four years at a minimum. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, you think you're already a hundred thousand dollars in the hole. Plus you're paying six to 8% interest on any loans you take out. Right. Right. So you're already in the hole with interest and other payments and things going on. You come to a six week trade school. It doesn't cost near, it costs probably amount as much as one year of college, but you, you do that and you're already making money after six weeks. And so you're making money for three, uh, three, almost four years, uh, that salary. So you're already making about $200,000 in the period that they just went a hundred thousand dollars in debt. And so that's one of the things I want people to think about is, you know, if college isn't right for you, there's other great opportunities. You can make a great living and you're going to make yourself much more economically sound than if you spend that money on something you don't really want to do. So that's just a statistic I throw out there. Yeah. Well, Hey, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back. All right. Thank you. If you're looking for ways to save more each month, look no further. Navy Federal Credit Union offers members great ways to lower their interest rates and save more. One easy option, transfer your credit card balance to a Navy Federal Platinum credit card and save with a low intro APR. Since it's Navy Federal's lowest rate card, the Platinum card is perfect for large purchases that you might need extra time to pay off. Another great way to save is by refinancing your auto loan from another lender with Navy Federal. Members save more when they refi with Navy Federal. Enjoy low rates and flexible payments and terms. Plus, when you refi your auto loan from another lender with Navy Federal, you get a $200 bonus. It's easy to drive off and save. At Navy Federal, members of the mission. Terms and conditions apply. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Insured by NCUA. Credit and collateral subject to approval. Refinance loan must be at least 5000 to be eligible for the $200. Okay, we're back talking with Dr. Thomas. Thomas Mormon and uh, currently the provost and school director at Perfect Technician Academy. So, so Thomas, um, you're talking about wanting to go a little bit different approach with, with the trade school that you're currently running. And so I suspect a couple of things that you had mentioned in addition, most, let's face it, most trade schools focus like almost a hundred percent entirely on the trade itself, the technical aspects of the trade. But when you're dealing with customers and you're in their houses and doing things like this, there's so much more involved in whether if, if somebody just comes up and fixes their AC unit and then leaves, the customer's like pretty much more or less satisfied. But if, if somebody comes and the whole customer experience is like so much better and they get their AC fixed, then that's the person they're going to go back to. So what kind of things did you implement? Have you implemented in your school things along the lines of leadership, uh, customer service, customer interaction. You mentioned, you know, how important it is to leave the job site clean or cleaner than you, than you found it. What kind of things have you implemented? Absolutely. So uh, from the school perspective, five of the six weeks are focused on uh, the book stuff that you need to know, the theory stuff you need to know, and uh, the actual lab work and technical work that you need to know. But the final week of the program is completely about the customer experience and how to best uh, manage that customer experience and to make it a, a good experience, not only for the, the customer, but for the technician themselves. Uh, you know, it's everything from basic sales things about how to present yourself at the door. Uh, you know, are you carrying a big old messy tool bag? Or are you carrying a, a clean tool bag? I mean, where do you park your van? Do you drive it up into someone's driveway and park in their driveway? Uh, you know, a lot of people see that as an invasion of privacy. So we go through yeah. a lot of pieces of those you know, puzzles saying there's a lot of ways to do things, 
uh, even from, you know, you finish one service call, do you sit in front of their house and do all the preparation for the next service call? Or do you move on, stop somewhere else and prepare for a service call? All these kind of things that may be minor, but they're very important in that customer experience about how that's going to flow. And, and we try to also teach them how to do sales with integrity. I mean, that's a very important part of this industry because many of the trade industries, uh, they, they get a bad reputation about people trying to cheat their customer. And so one of the things that we try to train is how to do sales with integrity, doing it the right way, giving people the options that they need to have. You know, this is a patch fix. This is a, a option one, which is the lowest type of repair, what we can do that will get you by and, you know, it'll probably last five, ten years. Here's option two that's a, a much better unit, maybe more, or we can add these other extra things into it if you want to uh, mm-hmm. say uh, right now with COVID-19, there's a lot of people wanting UV lights added into their air system that will clean the bacteria out of the air and things like that. And so it's going through all these different pieces of the puzzle and, and offering them things that they can afford and not trying to overdo anything or overprice them. Uh, you know, we try, teach them set price sheets and things like that. So it's in, within reason. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is you got to teach people how to ask because it's difficult sometimes to ask a customer for $500 when you know uh, they may not have $500 sitting in the bank. Uh, but the reality is that, you know, you have to be able to be comfortable with asking for the money you need because to send a van out to someone's house by the time you can in all the advertising, the people costs and everything just to show up at someone's house, it's going to cost the company about $250. Now, the average service call, we're going to charge maybe $50 or $60, but when it comes time and there's certain things you have to repair or sell, you've got to make sure you balance those things out so you're also making the company money. And so we teach them the responsible part about how to run a business so that you make money or you don't underprice yourself so you'll go out of business. Those are very important balances you have to find when you're going through it. And so part of that is feeling comfortable to ask for the money and then providing different options, uh, whether it be uh, credit options and other things, working through agencies that we contract with to, to provide that to the yeah. customer as well. Yeah, that's great stuff. So um, what percentage of your students are veteran versus non-veteran typically? Yeah, uh, this past year, about 60% of our students are veteran and 40% are people that contractors are sending us directly or are choosing to come on their own. So we, yeah. we have partnerships with, uh, gosh, probably uh, – 500 contractors around the country that we work with. Uh, we have probably three really large contractors that we do a lot of business with. Uh, we have contractors in Atlanta, LA, Las Vegas, Phoenix, uh, all the way to Indiana. I mean, all over the country, we have all these contractors that we work with to send people where they want to go. And that's the other reason why we're a good choice for veterans is if you're coming out of the military, you may be at your last service station. Where do you want to live? We'll match you up with a contractor where you want to live. So when you finish the program, you can move there and work in the community where you want to be. So even though you're, even though the Academy is in Texas, you're hooking up and linking with contractors, uh, HVAC companies all over the country. Yeah. All over the country and beyond. Actually, we've worked with contractors in the Cayman islands and a few in Canada as well. So, uh, you know, it's been very, very good for us and probably 75% of our students that come to the school actually go to work out of the state of Texas. Oh, wow. That's a great stat. Okay. So we've talked about this on the show a number of times in the, um, when, when veterans are getting out of the military, uh, re- regardless of MOS, um, most civilian companies, i.e. the resume, tend to focus on hard skills, your CPA, your HVAC certification, your MBA, your, your bachelor's science degree, 
your Six Sigma, all these tangible things that make great bullet points on resumes. What resumes and civilian companies often don't focus on, and oftentimes why veterans get left and left at, left out in the cold on this part, is there's no there's no tangible way to focus on soft skills because those other things are, are what's considered hard skills, right? Certificates and things like that 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 have a name to them, or you you know you can put them on a resume. It's tough to say on a resume, I know how to get along with people, or it's tough mm-hmm. to say. I can lead people, whether they're t- cold, wet, tired, and hungry, I can still get the job done. Mission accomplishment, stick intestinal fortitude, those kinds of things are stuff you can't put on resumes. But the companies that like to hire veterans, they realize all those soft skills, those communication skills, dealing with other people, getting along in the workplace, mm-hmm. those are where veterans shine. And most, a lot of companies have figured out, well, I'll bring in the veterans because they've got the soft skills. The soft skills are the hardest thing to attain and the hardest thing to teach. And then we'll give them the hard skills. So what you're doing is, is a perfect example of when you bring veterans in, you know they've already got a, a really good collection of soft skills um, coming out of the military. In six weeks, you can give them a real good technical skill and they can be in business have a great job or almost be in business for themselves. Can you talk a little bit about this? Is why I asked you earlier, how many, what was your mix of veterans and non-veterans in the school? Talk a little bit about how the veterans stick out as far as not just being good students and learning the technical skills, but how they, how their soft skills come into play. Absolutely. I will tell you that our faculty, uh, each one of them would come forward and say, they'd rather have a veteran who has no background in HVAC in their class than someone that a contractor is sending us who's been working five years in the field and now they're coming to go through our program. Hmm. Uh, one, you don't have to retrain over bad habits. Uh, there's a lot of things people are doing wrong already and you gotta you know, retrain that habit. But the other piece is, is uh, these military guys, one, they know how to wear a uniform. That's an important part of our industry as well. Everyone, we have uniforms that people wear, understand, mm-hmm. know our company, uh, wear it where it's, uh, not wrinkled, not messed up. You know, you come in, you're dressed for the job and dressed appropriately and look good. Uh, they're clean cut typically. And, uh, you know, they understand respect, respect of the customer, respect of the authority and, and work through those things. They operate with a lot of integrity. Uh, the contractors that we work with, I mean, most of these guys are hiring their veterans. They're very values based organizations. And just like you said, we can teach you the technical skills, but there's inherent personality pieces that uh, if you don't have them, you're never going to be successful. And the guys coming out of the military tend to exemplify a lot of those soft skills that are very important to us. Yeah. Uh, and we, we've shown it over and over again. The, the veterans that have come through the program and have gone to work with these agencies that, that we work with, the contracts we work with, uh, repeatedly these contractors reach back to us and tell us, hey, these guys are my top performers. They're, they're outperforming guys that I've had in the field five, ten years. Uh, and, and they do it within a month, three months of being there. That That's the crazy thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I had one guy, one contractor, we sent him one guy about uh, six months ago and another one three months after that. And he said, you know, they're my two top performers. Uh, and the guy who came three months ago is catching up to the guy who was, you know, he brought sent us six months ago. And they're both <laughs> veterans, new to the trade. Uh, you know, it's just pretty amazing. And one of the things I also say is a lot of people coming out of the military sell themselves short about the technical skills that they already have. Mm. And, you know, I was at Fort Bliss talking to an infantry guy who works on Patriot missile systems. And he's thinking, you know, I joined the army because I I really didn't want to go to college. 
All they're talking to me about is use my GI Bill to go to college. Well, the reality, you can use your GI Bill to go to trade schools. You can use your GI Bill to get certifications, uh, other things like that as well that are going to be valuable to you, mm-hmm. like the EPA certification we give and then our, our program, the certificate. But uh, he was telling me that, you know, I work on this Patriot Missile System. No municipality need, in the United States needs a Patriot Missile System. And I said, so tell me about the Patriot Missile System. What, what does it have in it? You know, electronic components, uh, cooling systems, radar systems, GPS yeah. systems. You start going through all the different pieces of what's in there. I said, I promise you, if you have the technical acumen to fix a Patriot missile system, it won't take me very long to teach you how to fix a home air conditioning system or even a commercial air conditioning system. The reality is, is that uh, this is much simpler than what you're working on now. And it's just transitioning that knowledge to a new field. And, and it can happen very quickly. Uh, usually the first two weeks, people are kind of shocked. And then all of a sudden, week three, they turn a corner and all of a sudden it all makes sense and they're just running with it. Yeah, I really do. I think uh, time and time again, I see veterans just selling themselves short because they've talked themselves mm-hmm. out of a, well, whatever I did in the military, there's no civilian application. And the, the reason that there are a lot of civilians that think that about veterans, like, well, you're, so you worked in Patriot Missiles, but okay, but you know, how's that apply to the civilian sector? I mean, there's a lot of civilian agencies that will do that. They don't get it either. But the ones yeah. that get it, you know, they focus in on those soft skills and they're like, like you said, if you're, if you have the capability of learning how to maintain a Patriot missile system, I can probably teach you how to do a lot of technical stuff and you're going to pick it up pretty quick. Absolutely. And I'll tell you the training program that they taught you how to, you know, work on that Patriot missile system is going to be very similar to the training program you're going to experience when you come here as well. I mean, it's very intense, high intensity stuff, six days a week and six weeks you're done. And so, uh, you know, we want to get you out in the workforce as soon as possible making an income. You have learning objectives and enable learning objectives. <laughs> Absolutely. No, we have learning objectives. But, you know, we, we're, we work for the state of Texas. We're a workforce initiative through the state of Texas. Uh-huh. So uh, we're actually uh, recognized and certified by the Texas Workforce Commission. And part of that is all of our curriculum has to be reviewed. We have to have learning objectives. Everything's in place and approved and uh you know, it, it's been tried and we've had a lot of success with it. So we're going to continue to run with it. That's awesome. Okay. So what is six weeks at the Perfect Technician Academy cost? Uh, so the six week program is $15,525. We do a variety of different things that uh, we are VA approved. So uh, if you have GI Bill benefits, that will cover the entire cost if uh, you're 100% eligible. Uh, those that are 50% eligible or even 10% eligible, Basically, we'll take the VA payment as their down payment. And once we get you to work and you start working, whatever that balance is, you pay $250 a month at no interest back to the school and pay it off as you go. So most people, if, if they come and they have no money, they'll put down down payment between $1,500 and $3,500 as the down payment. And they'll pay $250 for 48 to 56 months and be done. Uh, but one of the things we want to do is we want to make sure you're fully employed before you start paying us back. That's awesome. And you mentioned this a little bit earlier, the averages that you're seeing, what are most guys coming right out of, right out of uh, your training program making? So, you know, and it varies uh, from state to state and locations. It's going to be a little bit different, but the, the average salary, someone coming out uh, within the first year, they should be making about 45, $47,000, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they can make a whole lot more than that. Once what you were talking about building trust with that customer, having that repeat customer and, and those opportunities, 
when you build trust with customers, you increase that opportunity for long lasting business potential, uh, creating maintenance agreements and things that are going to help you to be successful. And that's really what it is, is uh, once you get that piece down and understand, you know, the selling aspect and how to ask for money. I mean, those are some of the things that people have difficulty getting over. Mm -hmm. But once you get to that point and you understand how all those things play together, uh, these technicians, you know, I kind of tease, I told you at the beginning, I worked at a medical school for 25 years and I know people that are family physicians and I know 28 year olds in HVAC that are making as much, if not more than the family physicians that went to medical school <laughs> who had 10 years of college mm. and medical school, et cetera, going on and have all that debt. So the reality is you can make a very good living for your family. If you apply yourself and you work hard. Wow. That's incredible. Now, 15,500 seems like a lot of money. Um, I'm curious do you, with how the GI Bill works with trade schools, because that's it's fairly new that the GI Bill is covering trade schools in the last few years. Um, for example, if you go to college for nine months, two semesters, and the total bill is 15,500, then that uses up nine months of your 36-month eligibility. So essentially, you've used up one year of college of one of your four years of college eligibility in a typical brick and mortar type school scenario. If you use 15, five on a trade, a six week trade school, do you know how many months of the GI bill that burns up? Um, yeah, it's going to take up eight months off the GI bill. So it takes, so off, that, it takes off one year of your four yeah, years it's, of it's college. It's about the same as going to community college for a year. And okay, so yeah. what, what I it's tell people is, is if you want to do a slow paced learning you go to the community college, you'll do it much at a slower pace, uh, and you'll get you'll get the same education. As much as you put into it, you'll get out of it, uh, but you're not going to earn any money during that time. You come to a six-week program, we take everything that they're teaching you in those that full-year program, and we're cramming it into six weeks. Mm. We have eight-hour days plus two hours of homework every night, and it's six days a week. So the number of hours that you actually spend in the classroom and doing the stuff in that six weeks is the same as you're going to spend over that year period at a community college. Yeah. It's just much more intense and all at one time. Uh, and we feel that if we do it that way, there's less likelihood that you're going to forget what you learn in week one when it comes week six. Uh, you do it over a year. What you learn in week 12 or month 12 over month one, uh, you know, sometimes there's a lot of information that's lost. And so by concentrating that and getting you in the work environment where you're doing it right away, you retain the information much better. And you're making an yeah. income within six weeks rather than after 12 months. And so that's the benefit. But the yeah. cost is there. That's a real cost. And it does take eight months away. Uh, but the reality is you're in the workforce right away. Absolutely. And, and you know, if you're, coming out of the, if you're coming out of the military and you need income real quick, like especially if you have, if you're married, have a family, whatever, you don't have the luxury of being able to live on, uh, you know, macaroni and cheese and tuna for a, a couple of years. Yeah, fried yeah, bologna. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great transition, but boom, six weeks and you're, you're in positive income mode at that point. After mm -hmm. the six weeks, you still have three years essentially of your GI bill left. So you go out, you start working the HVAC job. If you decide you don't like it, then you can always walk away from it and you still got three years eligible to go to a traditional college or um, you just keep on working and you end up going to night school or, or uh, correspondence doing, doing some of the correspondence classes, you go to college anyways, and you still got three years left and you're just double, you know, doing double duty. So um, absolutely it's a great transition uh, plan. It's quick. Yeah. And what you talked about, one of your relatives that uh, was 
uh, doing working commercial, but then doing residential HVAC yeah. on the side and things to make some extra money. Yeah. Uh, I, I talked, I interviewed one of our graduates actually, and he's in college right now. So he goes to college fall and spring and then all summer he works for an air conditioning contractor. Cause that's in the South. That's the biggest time for air conditioning. Right. right? So he works all summer and he hasn't had to take out any loans. He's made plenty of money. You use, you know, you use your GI bill and stuff for the school during the fall and spring. Plus you're taking home a whole bunch of income that you're making over the summer that you can spread out and live in addition to that. Uh, so there's a lot of, it, it opens up the door that you can do a lot, lot more. And once you have that certification and once you have that experience, no one can take that away from you. You can go anywhere in the country and work in heating or air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, air conditioning big in the South, heating's big in the North and you're going to learn it all and know how to do it all. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, um, so Thomas, we are getting close to the end of our time here. I do want to, um, if, if somebody's interested in checking out the, the perfect technician Academy, um, how would they, how would they find you and, and what kind of information would you have for them? Absolutely. So, uh, you can go and search perfect technician Academy through YouTube and we'll have a bunch of videos on our YouTube channel that I uh, recommend people check out or perfect technician That's our school website. And there you can find uh, brochures to download, or if you want to fill out an application, you can fill out the application. If you go online, someone will reach back out to you and just kind of explore your interest and talk to you a little bit more. We'd be glad to do that as well. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. And, uh, so I encourage anybody listening, you know, perfect, that, that's a, that's like the perfect transition plan for, especially for a young, young veteran, boom, go to six weeks of the high intensity course, then you're making money. And then you can continue on to regular college if you want, or, you know, or just, or just work hard and make a lot of money. So, um, great way of doing things. And, you know, like I said, I've got, you know, my son, both my nephews are in the trades and there's just some phenomenal stuff and all several other young guys that are just doing great things in, you know, electrical, plumbing, yeah. HVAC, all that stuff is just, you know, it, it's essential. And they we're in the middle of the COVID-19, when your AC breaks, you still got money to pay for your AC to get fixed. That's right. <laughs> all right. So well, thank you very much for having me today. I really yes, appreciate sir. it. Thank you. All right. Well, that's it. And a phenomenal interview and good, good stuff. You know, very actionable plan. If you're, perfect transition. We should call it the, the perfect transition plan, <laughs> AKA perfect technician Academy. <laughs> exactly. I like that. All right. Okay, Thomas. Well, thanks. And, uh, look forward to the, you know, have you back on the show in a couple of years when you got some more stuff going on and look forward to the future success, of the Academy. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. You too. We're Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to veteran on the move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, Leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.